You're listening to Books and Boba, the book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yu, and I'm Rira Yu, and we're here today for our February 2021 mid-month book news review. Rira, how's it going? How's your February going? Happy New Year, I guess.、Um, I guess, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Happy Lunar New Year. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, 2021 has officially begun for us Asians. <laughs> I'm so glad that it is now the year of the ox because now it's no longer my fault that the world is going to shit.、Uh, I don't know if you know this, Rira, but、uh, for the Chinese zodiac calendar, the year of your birth. So for me, the year of the rat, which was last year, is supposed to be a challenging year for you.、Um, it's counterintuitive. I see a lot of people say, "Oh, it's the year of the ox. It's my year." But no, if it's if you're born in the year of the ox, this year's gonna be hard for you. I I, I did hear that from.、Um... From like my family, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,、uh, yeah. February for me has been pretty eventful as well. I'm a freelance podcast producer, and so I'm. I've been looking for work, and this past week, actually, a bunch of gigs、um, came my way, which is really cool. So I'm glad to be working. This podcast, of course, is more or less a labor of love between me and Rira. But I mean, speaking of that, if you are a dear listener and want to support our podcast,、uh, please go check out our bookstore at bookshop. org.、Um, any books you purchase off that store、um, goes to support us as well. And thank you to everyone who've already purchased a book through our bookshop. org portal.、Uh, I think、um, over the last few months we've made like a hundred bucks, which is pretty nice.、Um, it's nice to get some return. Oh,、um, really? I、this. like. I have not checked the numbers at all. That's how <laughs> you know that this is a labor of love because if you if you go on our、uh, bookshop. org affiliate page,、uh, there's like. Uh, I I like lost count, but I think there's like 15 lists of like <laughs> of like specific categories. Like, oh, th-、uh, these books are for the K drama lovers. These books are for the middle grade Asian fantasy lovers. And it 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 took me a very very long time to compile those lists. And the fact that I'm like not even checking the number of sales and and whatnot. Just goes to show, I'm doing this for love, <laughs> not doing it for money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thanks to everyone's support, we're able to pay for. I guess this would be like half a year of hosting,、um, which is nice.、Um, if you want to support us, our bookshop website is bookshop.org/shop/books/and/boba. Please go check out the list that Rira has painstakingly curated for you, and you know, buy a book for us.、Um, Let's get on to the meat of this podcast, which is the Asian American book and publishing news for February 2021.、Um, as always, we start off with the new publishing deals.、Uh, Rira, what's our first story? All right, our first story is Viking bought a tale for the time being. Author Ruth Ozeki's new novel, The Book of Form and Emptiness. After the death of his beloved father, fourteen-year-old Benny O begins hearing voices from inanimate objects around his house. When his mother develops a hoarding problem, the voices grow more clamorous and soon follow him outside the house and onto the street and at school. He finds refuge in the silence of a public library, where objects are well behaved and know how to speak in whispers. 
There he meets his own book, who narrates Benny's life and teaches him to listen to the things that truly matter. Publication is set for September. It does not say which year, but I'm guessing September 2022. Cool. Um, Ruth Ozeki. Yeah. yeah is this uh, her second book since A Tale for the Time Being? Or has she? I actually uh, had to follow her career, so I have no idea. I don't know if this, if this is her second book after A Tale for the Time Being. A Tale for the Time Being came out in 2013. Okay. Um, and I know she has multiple books. I know she has like, um, I know she has a memoir and I think she also has like a novella. Um, but in terms of like chronology, no idea. <laughs> well, that's cool. It sounds just as meta as A Tale for the Time Being. Uh, for those of you who follow the book club, um, A Tale for the Time Being was one of our book club picks in the past. Um, and yeah, looking forward to learning more about this book. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Our next story, Penguin Press acquired North American rights to Belinda Huijintang's debut novel, A Map for the Missing, set against a rapidly changing post-cultural revolution China. From the late 70s to the 90s, the book follows a son who returns to his family's rural village to search for his estranged father who has disappeared. And a uh, publication uh, date is at the moment unknown. Yeah, um, but... This sounds cool. This sounds like a nice twist on the returning to the motherland story. Cultural Revolution is a really interesting time period for, for Chinese history because it's kind of like a lost generation for a lot of families. And there's a lot of really interesting ways you can take this. Um, I wonder if it's going to be, <laughs> I wonder how political this is going to get. Um, but I mean, you can't talk about the Cultural Revolution without getting into politics. But um, yeah, looking forward to learning more about this book as well. Congratulations to Belinda on her book deal. All right, next up, in a two-book deal, Red Hook acquired Vaishnavi Patel's debut novel, Kaikei. The book reimagines the life of the vilified queen of the Ramayana and follows her from childhood as an overlooked princess to her role as a warrior, diplomat, and most favored queen until her ultimate downfall. Publication is scheduled for 2022. Yo, this sounds real interesting. You know, we've seen a lot of uh, takes on the villain's perspective of Western fairy tales, but this one's about a South Asian one. Yeah, I'm really liking the fact that um, Asian American authors are now taking our own uh, <laughs> folk tales and doing reimaginings of it. Yeah, especially stories where I, I imagine back in the day were very, you know, not only gendered, but misogynist and using this as an opportunity to see things from the quote unquote villain's point of view. Um, and also, like, imbuing some, I guess, more modern sensibilities into it. Yeah, very, very cool. <laughs> Our next deal, Little Brown bought world rights to American Desi by Jyoti Rajan Gopal and illustrated by Supriya Kelkar. Uh, this picture book celebrates and empowers bicultural and immigrant children in the United States. Publication is planned for summer 2022. Supriya Kelkar. Yeah. We've had her on the show. It's funny because she's illustrating this book. She she is the author of American as Paneer Pie, so uh, she's a filmmaker, she's an author, and she's she's an artist as well. So yeah, uh, she she wears <laughs> a lot of hats. Uh, but congratulations to Jyoti. Uh, next up, Harper Collins has bought world rights to Eyes That Speak to the Stars by Joanna Ho, a picture book about an Asian boy bullied for the shape of his eyes, who comes to realize that his eyes are like his father's, his grandfather's, and his little brother's. They connect him to his history and future. Dung Ho will illustrate the picture book, and the two have previously collaborated on Eyes That Kiss in the Corners. 
Publication is scheduled for winter 2022. Yes, Eyes That Kiss in the Corners. I remember seeing this floating around. Uh, was it Indie Next? It was It was like a very highly anticipated picture book. Yeah. Um, I mean, eyes are something that if you are self-conscious about being Asian, you're super self-conscious about because it's usually the first thing that people make fun of. So having a book to address that issue is, I imagine, pretty important especially for kids who grew up without any other peers to, you know, relate to. Yeah, it's like funny how that's the thing that Asians are made fun of. Like when I was younger, I didn't quite understand the whole like, like, oh, you have slanted eyes. And I'm like, do I have slanted <laughs> eyes? I can't tell when I look in the mirror. It just looks like normal eyes to me. <laughs> like yeah. the whole the whole description of like almond shaped eyes. I'm like, don't doesn't everyone have almond shaped eyes? It's um, yeah, it's something yeah. that I never really got myself neither. And, you know, I grew up in a pretty diverse town. Yeah, and the description of slanted eyes has always seemed exaggerated to me. Um, but I have naturally, like, sleepy, droopy eyes. So maybe I'm not the best example. Yeah, I, I guess, like, for me, um, like, growing... Like, I know a lot of women, Asian women, they have, like, a complex with monolids. Like, if you have monolids, you are pressured to have double eyelid surgery. <laughs> Um, but like for me, I had one double eyelid and the other one was like a half (laughs) double eyelid. So, um, it wasn't like fully there. And I remember like growing up, my parents being like, oh, we need to fix that. Like, like once you're old enough, we'll, we'll like get you the, um, double eyelid surgery with, uh, to like even it out. But like, as I got older, I think it was like, what, like when I was 17, like, like the other eyelid finally like creased enough so (laughs) now i have double eyelids like on both eyes but to me i was like i don't care if i have double eyelids or not i just want them to be symmetrical (laughs) so so like my friends who had monolids like i i was just like you guys can do your makeup evenly like (laughs) i like i don't understand like this complex that you have but yeah it is something that um a lot of asian women have to go through yeah asian parents are obsessed about um, double eyelids and dimples for some reason oh really dimples at least my mom is um is it like is it a good thing if you have if you have a dimple or is it it's a bad supposed thing? to be i think it's supposed to like bring good luck or something i'm not sure i don't know the superstitions <laughs> anyway uh thank you joanna ho for yeah. writing two books two picture books that celebrates asian eyes yeah our next story uh, viking bought world rights to a mermaid girl by Sana Rafi, illustrated by Olivia Asser. The picture book follows young Heba, who wears her burkini to the community pool for the first time. When Heba stands out more than she expected to, her mama helps her to love herself and this cultural tradition a little bit more, making Heba feel connected to the mermaid girls who came before her. Publication is set for summer 2022. Yeah, another picture book celebrating differences in culture that'll hopefully help the next generation be less shitty to each other. I'm all about that. Yeah, um, community pools are really gross. Um, you're already like really self conscious because you have all these strangers that you have to swim with and share water with, and um, and like it, I think this is a girl, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, for for girls, like you know, you're already self conscious about like your body and uh, your bathing suit. So wearing a burkini, that's like triple the the awkwardness so i'm really yeah. glad that um <laughs> there's there's a book that that says like hey it's 
you know, this is normal. It's fine. Like, you don't have to be self-conscious about it. And uh, gives kids, like, the uh, like the mental preparation. Yeah, like the cultural <laughs> to, like, language. Not be, right? Yeah, the cultural language. All right. Our next story is Wattpad bought world rights to How to Be the Best Third Wheel by debut YA author and Wadi Award Grand Prize winner Lordi De Villa. This contemporary coming-of-age novel follows 16-year-old Lara De La Cruz as she tries to navigate life, love, and high school with three best friends and their new boyfriends. Publication is scheduled for spring-summer 2022. Yo! Oh my god, this is so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like I didn't know about Wattpad until we started this book club and kind of discovered it through some of the authors that we follow. Oh, really? Um, but I didn't know that they were also a publishing house. <laughs> yeah, that's fairly recent. Um, I forgot like when they when they launched, but for those of you guys who don't know what Wattpad is, uh, it began as an online uh, writing community. Um, so there were people who were writing fanfic and there were also people who were writing original work. And as more people joined Wattpad, uh, you know, there have been like contests, there have been, um, best seller lists. It's not, you know, you're not selling your work, but, uh, lists that shows like, this is the most popular book for this genre and so and so and so. And a lot of authors have gotten their start through Wattpad. And um, ever since Wattpad launched, they've been signing on, like, very young authors. Uh, so, um, Laura D., I'm, I, I don't know how old she is, but I'm, I'm guessing that she's in her early 20s, because that seems to be the trend among um, uh, Wattpad authors. But uh, the whole experience of, like your friends getting uh, significant others and learning how to how to deal with them <laughs> <laughs> and like the the whole like are we hanging out by ourselves or are we hanging out with you and your significant other like <laughs> i think that is something that a lot of um not even just young people but like you know um i've never been one of those friends who drags my partner along to everything but i'm sure there are <laughs> there are people who do that <laughs> and how annoying that can get for other people so yeah yeah a uh, very relatable book and i love the title how to be the best third wheel <laughs> all right our next book deal inkyard bought christina matula's debut middle grade novel the not so uniform life of holly may taiwanese canadian holly may jones is uprooted from her normal life in toronto and must try to find her place in a new world of private school, frenemies, and expectations when her mother gets a high-flying job in Hong Kong. Publication is set for winter 2022. Um, this sounds pretty cool. Again, it's like a return to the motherland, fish-out-of-water story, um, but centering on an Asian diaspora girl. And private school and all the drama it brings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Christina. I'm looking forward to learning more about this book as well. All right, so our final book deal. Vintage bought English rights to Disability Visibility Project founder Alice Wong's memoir, Year of the Tiger. The mosaic memoir charts the author's life and work as an activist through an array of visual and prose forms, including photos, essays, artwork, and horoscopes. Publication is slated for 2022. 
the Disability Visibility Project. I've definitely been exposed to it on, on Twitter and also like in the news. Yeah, Alice so, Wong is yeah. a pretty prominent advocate, um, pretty active within the Asian American sphere as well. So I've seen her tweets get retweeted on my timeline a lot. Uh, I know a lot of people that follow her. And yeah, she's always one of the first to speak out uh, when there's things about representation of disability in the media and also um, just disability rights in general. So yeah, that's cool. Um, what exactly is a mosaic memoir? By mosaic memoir, I think they mean like, oh, it's made up of multiple things. So it's not just got it's it. not just text. Like, yeah, there's like, like a, a bunch of different things. Yeah, like a mosaic. <laughs> Like a mosaic, Marvin. God, yeah. <laughs> can you like not read context clues? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. What am I doing? This is I, I run a book club podcast. I should be better than this. Reading comprehension. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to Alice on the book deal. Um, it's great that we're getting get her memoir sometime soon. And that'll also do it for our publishing news. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the latest book news. Uh, Rira, what's our story? All right. Is it STX? TV or is it Sticks TV? I don't know. Uh, STX TV has optioned the rights to adapt Hafsa Faisal's YA fantasy, We Hunt the Flame, and it's most likely going to be a one-hour series. Um, For those of you who don't know what the book is about, uh, it's set in a fantasy world inspired by ancient Arabia, and the book follows Zafira the Hunter and the assassin prince Nasir as they find themselves on opposing quests to return magic to their kingdom. Um, and Faisal is going to be the executive producer and SDX TV's director of development, Lindsay Harope, hopefully I'm saying that correct, uh, will oversee the project. And I got this news off of Deadline. Um, I remember Hafsa Faisal's uh, second book in the series. Uh, I don't remember the title, but it came out last month. Yeah, um, I love this trend that studios are now looking actively looking for diverse books to adapt into movies and TV. Recently, we had news about um, Jade City and Poppy War. And and I also love that they're allowing the authors to stay on as executive producers so they can have, you know, at least some sort of control over how the story is told. Um, because a lot of times, you know, when you get the transition between the author to the screenwriter, a lot can go wrong, right? So yeah, this sounds really interesting. I'm excited about like just fantasy Middle East is something that we haven't really seen a lot. Um, Usually when we have stories set in the Middle East or Middle Eastern countries, it's always about the white person who goes there. Oh yeah, definitely. And also like, I'm trying to remember the last fantasy show I've watched. I think it was Game of Thrones. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, so it's really nice to get like more high fantasy, but that's like not dragons and knights. Yeah. Um, and that's not the only television news that we've got. Um, there's another story that Netflix and Alan Yang are developing Min Jin Lee's first novel, Free Food for Millionaires, for TV. Uh, Min Jin Lee, of course, is the author of Pachinko, one of our past book club picks and an award-winning novel in its own right that's also being adapted into TV for Apple TV. Is Pachinko still in... The process of being adapted. We haven't heard an update on that for a very as long time. As far as I know, they are. I know they recently um, released casting news. So I know they're in production. But yeah, it's really cool that Min Jin Lee has sold both of her books. Um, I imagine her third upcoming book will also be quickly optioned as well. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad to see different stories being told as well. Um, I think Free Food for Millionaires is a story about class, right? It's about 
Rich Koreans in New York? It's actually, um, Pachinko was the first book that uh, Min Jin Lee worked on, but it took it took her 10 years to write, right? So uh, Free Food for Millionaires was became her first book. She she was working on it while she was working on Pachinko as well. So yeah, um, yeah it was her first published book, but it was not the first book that she was working on. <laughs> Funny how that works. I mean, books take a long time, especially sweeping epics like Pachinko. But uh, Oh my God, Pachinko. Like... <laughs> Like I can, I heard that she started from, started over from scratch when she moved to Japan. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like (laughs) years and years of work that you just deleted. It's like 400 pages that you scrapped. Yeah. Um, So Free Food for Millionaires, co-created by Alan Yang, who's known for his work on Parks and Rec, Master of None, and Tiger Tail. And it looks like it's going to be a period piece set in the 90s in New York City. So Lots of great potential. I'm looking forward to learning more about this series as well as it goes into production. Um, last piece of news. Um, I guess it's not really news, but so like the Netflix adaptation of um, Always and Forever, Laura Jean came out uh, this past week and I have not watched it, so I cannot talk about it on this <laughs> podcast. I just wanted to say it's out if you want to watch it. And um, I've heard really, really good things about it. Um, our friend Ada uh, from Saturday School watched it and she really liked it. Yeah, um, I was able to watch it over this weekend as well. And it's great because the third film opens with a travel and food porn montage of Korea um, set to um, Wonder Girls. So um, right off oh, the bat, wow. they, off they threw it all the way back. Wow, Wonder Girls. <laughs> it's like early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix right now, and it's it's a good watch. I know a lot of people watched it for Valentine's Day, but <laughs> on Valentine's Day for me, I watched uh, the Hotel Cecil documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a documentary about um, about crime, so I was like, okay, totally. That's that's romantic too. <laughs> that's that's totally on brand. Murder <laughs> and crime over romance. <laughs> And yeah, that's the Books and Boba Mid-Month Books News Review for February 2021. As always, thank you, Rira, for compiling the book news for us. Um, Rira not only curates our wonderful um, lists on our bookshop, but she also scours the internet for book and publishing news. So um, props to you for keeping this thing alive. Um, Rira, remind us what we're reading for the month of February. All right. So we are reading She of the Mountains by Vivek Shraya. And it is a Hindu mythology-inspired uh, book. And there's a little bit of poetry mixed in between. So it kind of crosses a lot of genres. And we're reading this with uh, the Colored Pages Book Club podcast. So we are not going to be by ourselves for our next book club discussion. Yeah, looking forward to our first book club podcast collaboration. Um Stay tuned for that um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and if you've already finished the book and have thoughts to share with us, um, please go to our Goodreads group and let us know. Um, oh, speaking of Goodreads group, uh, I recently checked our Goodreads forums and I, saw, I noticed that uh, a lot of people uh, commented on the EJ Co, um, the Magical Language of Others thread. And uh, thank you so much to everyone who like commented. Like I loved reading everyone's thoughts on it, and thank you to those who listened to our episode. Yeah, I mean EJ herself commented on our podcast, so that was really cool. I kind of had like a panic attack there, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, thank you, thank you EJ for for listening to our episode. And um, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Books and Bulba. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, bye everyone. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Ri Ryu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app.